Hello, George. Hello, hello, Ollie. How are you? Hello, George. Can't hear you. You're cutting out. Just kidding. Bit of humour. Um, <laughs> oh, that's just why I need. Yeah, I just wanted to put the fear in you a little bit, get you on on edge even more than perhaps you already are. Well, yes. For anybody listening, uh, myself and Ollie, we recorded an episode of this podcast yesterday um which was great some of my best work i enjoyed it a lot some of ollie's best work without a doubt yeah um and then i hung up the phone to ollie we had both uh kind of discussed that we weren't feeling our best and um what then happened was i had my day i can only describe as being my least favorite day of isolation so far of lockdown so far Mm -hmm. and I was particularly unhappy and flat and I couldn't help but think that isn't that what the show is about kind of us two talking to one another and talking through these things Mm -hmm. and so I suggested that maybe we re-record um and Ollie very kindly said yes. And I don't know if there's anything in us doing this. I don't know. But I couldn't help but think that I would, you know, on a selfish level, I would benefit from it. And there's a chance that other people might benefit from hearing it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously disappointed that uh, I had some really good stuff in yesterday's episode that no one will ever get to hear. And, and trust me, don't... Uh, don't think about it too much, but we, wow, God, you, you were laughing. You were saying, uh, yeah. I'm the best. Um, you said, I mean, it doesn't matter now because the episode's not going to come out, but you did say that you were going to, if you won um, your, the British Podcast Award, you were going to give it to me because of how well I was just performing <laughs> in that one episode. So putting all that to one side, um, being there for my pal is more important to me than you know, all the clout and, and um, success I would have got. Uh, I don't know if you saw in the news, Joe Rogan got uh, 100 mil to take his podcast to Spotify. I <laughs> think that would have happened to me immediately if we'd put yesterday's episode out. But I'm fine with it. I'm chill. It's cool. Oh, yeah. And also the listener well, might think... Um, Oh, well, yesterday they were both feeling a bit flat. Luckily, today they're going to come back to it with more energy, feeling more positive, perhaps. No, I think we both probably feel worse than we did yesterday. Mine, slightly um, self-inflicted, because uh, let's just say um, I gave myself coronavirus last night. If the coronas were the beer corona, I drank beers. Yes, and... Uh, we should say that that's we should get onto that because you are living in a city that the lockdown has been lifted which is very exciting for all of us uh, the prospect of that happening to where we are and excited for you that you got to you know get back out there and shake your tail feather I imagine Um, yes also Ollie don't worry about yesterday's recording because as we've already discussed the basement tapes tapes, my friend the pension you know it's all there it's It's all all a big it's all it's all there to come out one day. Thank God. Um, shall I? Shall, I don't know I, what the best I, way to do this is. I would like you to talk about your day yesterday, if you feel um, yes. comfortable doing that. Well, I absolutely feel comfortable with it. Please, at any point, if because I do still feel as if I'm in the same fog. And so I, yeah, tell me if it's 
not really working out. <laughs> yeah, can you tell me if I've passed the test or not? There's um, no right way of describing your feelings, my dear boy. No, but unfortunately, there is such thing as good and bad podcasts. Yeah, that, and I really I mean, want to make sure we well, we get the balance right. We can we can um, cut it into well, we won't. Uh, Mummy Liam, the our editor, can um, cut out all the ums and ahs. And, uh, yeah, and we'll we release a 20-minute episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what happened? We said goodbye to one another. And um, here in the UK, it was beautiful sunshine. Um, I had not had breakfast and we were recording at midday in mm-hmm. the UK. And whilst we were recording... I was kind of sipping down my second coffee and at one point I kind of said, oh, this isn't doing me any good whatsoever because I had already woken up feeling uh, sensitive, shall we say. Mm -hmm. And then um, I kind of realised kind of an hour or so after we recorded, I had absolutely zero kind of get up and go about me. I ended up lying down, but mindlessly. So I can't remember lying down. I just Mm -hmm. remember going like oh you've been lying here for 40 minutes now Mm -hmm. and then I thought well you need to do something I went for a walk and just found a quiet spot to sit out and it was it was quiet and I just listened to the world and then I realized that I was being hyper hyper critical of myself but in my own mind so any Mm. almost as if any thought I had of trying to make sense of anything going on around me or even mundane things you know you think about all sorts don't you um (laughs) I know I do um and (laughs) you and your I (laughs) realized crazy inventions (laughs) I I realized that I was so self-aware and very insecure and critical of myself. And I felt very sad for people that I know. I felt very sad for people that I don't know. And then I felt useless. I just felt completely flat. Mm. And I text you to say, and this this all adds up because Ollie and I had spoken about the fact that Ollie was going out for his first kind of dinner and beers in the city of Barcelona yesterday for three months. And mm. so I was like, well, I don't want to, I mean, hey, Ollie, I know you're there for me, but the last thing I wanted to do was go, hey, how was that uh, starter, my friend? Yeah, well. <laughs> well, the, uh, the, the, the truth is, is that uh, I think already by the time you had uh by the time you texted me i had retreated into my into my own funk so you you wouldn't have you were not the cause of that at all no, uh, i mean of course no. i was very sad to hear that you were having a bad day but yeah you you didn't ruin my day okay george no <laughs> i know but that but so then i thought well and uh, amongst all of this kind of just i guess i'm going to roll with calling it brain fog Uh, amongst all this brain fog I thought well maybe me and Ollie should is it worth us getting on the phone tomorrow and documenting this maybe it is if not for anybody else's sake but our own maybe so I suggested that and then I rang a friend of mine who I've not spoken to for a few weeks and that you know almost like do you remember when you used to play Sims and um, that you'd get your little character to go and play guitar and their happiness yeah, would go up? Yeah, you can up. see the meter or, filling up. Yeah, yeah. I felt that. Mm. You know, I could feel their voice coming through the phone and I was like, ah, you know, that's... And sure enough, they 
you know, had said they have not been feeling 100% about things and certain things. And then I rang my sister and we chat at length. And, and you know, that was all brilliant. And those people were brilliant. But I still, you know, when I got into bed last night, I just thought, nah, this is going to be here for a few days, I think. Mm -hmm. And then I woke up this morning and I thought, oh, there was sun coming through the, the like blinds. And I was like, oh, it's a new day. Like, this doesn't have to continue. That's amazing. And then an hour and a half after waking up and I was still in bed, I realised, well, maybe, uh, maybe it is going to carry on. Um, and you don't seem to be able to do much about it. You're finding it difficult to drag yourself out of this place. Yeah. Um, and the thing that I touched on, if not last week, the week before, that is winding me up so much is that I am in this conflicted place where, in the one hand... I cannot wait for some clear guidelines and some you can go back to doing what you need to do. Even if they said that's on the 1st of January, just if I had an idea of what this is all going to look like. But on the other hand, I feel completely and utterly unmotivated. Mm. I don't feel... Enthusiastic about anything? Mm, no, and I don't feel... Hopeful. I'm just going to come in with with uh, words. Optimistic, um, <laughs> horny. Um... Yeah. yeah, I think like the the thing is, it's like the I don't feel optimistic, and I don't know. Whilst all of this is going on, I don't know if even if lockdown hadn't been put in place, if today yeah. I would feel this way anyway. You know what is it? The 26th. I could be wrong, but I think it's the 26th. Yeah. Like maybe I was always going to feel like this. I don't know. Maybe it's got nothing to do with lockdown. Of course, I can't help but think it's got a huge part to play in it. <laughs> um, but I'm trying. What am I going to do about that? Very little. And so, well, what is it you're aiming to achieve, George? Well, I guess either find a way to be able to go along with this flat. Well, you know, I feel flat. Mm. Um, or invent the ultimate happy pill that cures yourself <laughs> and everybody uh, in the world. Okay, but that's so those not are the two either. options. <laughs> I can't help but think they're my two options. Well, yeah. I mean, you said that you um, were having very self-critical thoughts, and mm. as you were saying that, I have to say it's very strange. Not maybe it's not that strange at all, actually, but. What you're describing is very similar to how I found myself feeling yesterday evening. And the thing about that is that we're, we're both sitting separately thinking bad things about ourselves. Whereas if we'd had the other person, if we'd been talking to the other person about these things, they would be saying, you're being, you, you should be kinder to yourself. Because as we've talked mm. about before, it seems like we find it easier to give other people some slack than we do to to give it to ourselves and i think obviously the lack of motivation the feeling flat is it's um not quite a separate issue but it's a, a different different to the uh negative thoughts um but i think like you gotta give yourself a break because the cycle can be that you have bad thoughts and then you feel almost bad for having bad thoughts and then you wonder why am I thinking like this and blah 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 
and there's no answer. It's the snake eating its own ass. Uh, that famous phrase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that I hear you completely, and that, and you're right. If we'd been on the phone, we would have both laughed and said, "Don't be ridiculous," you know. Yeah, and I'm not saying that um, that 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 would immediately fix everything or anything, <laughs> but um, but I just I just think. I was just making the point of how differently we react to our, ourselves and our own thoughts yeah. um, than we would to our friends. Or Do, do you get, because um, another big part of it, and it's I'm having it today a lot, is this like, I feel for and I feel sad for and I feel bad for both people that I know and I know what they're going through quite specifically and I want to be able to help uh in ways that i probably can't and then i end up thinking about people that i'm inventing in my head and and like situations and i feel mm. and i want to help people those people that yeah, yeah. don't may not even necessarily exist although i'm sure a version of do. them exists so, yeah. so do you mean like because uh, i i do do this and i often especially the current situation i imagine s- sad fictional old people and um, right. uh, think about the terrible time they must be having and difficulties, etc. And those people specifically don't exist, but what they represent, the situation that, I, that they're um, illustrating for me in my own head is real. But, you know, mm. it's not necessarily Doris or Derek. It might be Charles. <laughs> it might be. Hey, it might be an old Ollie out there somewhere. Oh, um, oh good. Here's a new thing for me to <laughs> think about. Now it's going to be a sad old Ollie. <laughs> Thanks, Pat. No, but that's, that's exactly what I mean, though. It's that kind of, I can think up any scenario, and I don't want to use the term waste time, but I guess, yeah, waste time... But that, but what's that all about? It's like this helplessness that I think we're all feeling. It's the and it's the, I think that's probably magnified that feeling by the fact that really we're all aware that no one quite knows what's going on. Yes. Um, and I think as well at the beginning of my lockdown experience, I there was something about the uncertainty that for the first time I found quite comforting but I think it was because it was a shared uncertainty Mm. and I didn't mind you know I I felt more relaxed about it but that certainly isn't the case now Mm. I feel um I uh, you know future projects that I am involved in I've that's where I've lost the motivation because it's becoming harder and harder to imagine where they exist when they exist what they are and I guess you can only survive for so long on a on a hope or on you you need something solid mm. um or so I do you know that's that's become clear well, I need yeah I I was just going to say that you are someone who even in in the best of times you, your brain is I think like mine and like lots of people you you can obsess over things and mm-hmm. now you can't really do any work <laughs> you can't go out and do any leisurely activities and mm. there's this huge global event happening so 
of course, this doesn't make it any easier, but it's pretty pretty understandable that you're feeling this way. Yeah, and, and I think a part of it is that I feel as if I can do work because my work during this period of the cycle of writing, recording, releasing music and, and touring music, I'm very much in the world of writing music. But the reality, and I know we discussed this last week, but I just, I pick up the guitar and I might as well just be singing like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like, I try and it's like, oh, this is, this is shit. Well, just, yeah, just because you, you, you physically can uh, write or work, that doesn't mean you are going to be, able, I mean, in, the, in a creative field, uh, no. you can't just turn it on. Because I imagine you're not planning on writing songs about quarantine, then you've not really got much to draw on at the moment. And I wonder if there is any value in almost finding a project that doesn't rely on... Well, I mean, even this podcast is probably fulfilling that somehow, but it doesn't rely on um, some unknown point in the future when things are back to normal because like you said you're you're thinking about projects and you're thinking how is that gonna happen and what will it look like and the truth is that we don't know and we probably won't know for a little while so mm. is there something but do you else see what you i mean it's like the I th there's a few yes I, and i appreciate that a lot it's that kind of like well what can you what could you be doing? And and actually, I guess I have been doing a good job of, up until yesterday, keeping my mind busy. Mm. Um, and it's funny, there's a one song in particular that I was writing kind of two or three weeks into this whole thing that I'm convinced will be on the record and I'm fairly sure will close the record, mm. um, although all these things change. And that to me is a huge, you know, step in a direction. Yeah, uh, and I've always been a slow writer anyway, so that th th there is that. I think it's the the frustration, and maybe sorry, I'm just kind of like thinking this through as I speak. But maybe the reason I was comfortable with the uncertainty at the beginning was because we were told whatever it was two two weeks, three weeks, even though we kind of all knew that would be extended. Mm. It, it was given a time period, and that's what I like i said earlier it's just that maybe the lockdown isn't the problem yeah it's just i would just love a date but then <laughs> but then i know that, I, that, that that's not an option mm. you know it's otherwise i would have one in my diary well, and, it, it, it's like uh, it's like i think it was last week someone said in a, in an email it was a therapist i think said that um used the word grief to describe what people are feeling right now, both in the more traditional sense of grieving for a lost loved one or whatever, but also you're, you're grieving because there's a lot, uh, we're all losing a lot of time. And I know that that's probably not a really healthy way of thinking about it. And we should try and use this time. And, and I do agree with that, but I don't think it's really possible to to deny that for a lot of people this is kind of like a huge gap in their even literally when people had things planned weddings or whatever um 
but just seeing loved ones, uh, enjoying normal life is something that has been mm. on hold for lots of people. And I understand I'm not suggesting that this, it's a sacrifice that we have to make because people are at risk. And I think that's completely right. But I think it's also completely reasonable to, to struggle with it and to find it difficult to do, even if you think it's the right thing to do. And a date would be very nice. I, I, we were kind of talking about this yesterday in the uh, classic episode that will never uh, make it to... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm joking. <laughs> um, um, we were talking about how I'm basically uh, from the future in terms of I can bring news of what the world will look like a few weeks down the line because Barcelona is, um, or Spain is, is slowly easing restrictions. And the truth is that yesterday I was able to go out and, and have some food at an outdoor table and have some drinks, etc. But as we touched on in the conversation before I left, it's... It's not the same. And... No. Well, well, Ollie, can I please offer you the stage now? Because I would, to live vicariously through, through me. you drinking in a venue last night, yeah. I'm just going to close my eyes and sink into this experience. Okay. So tell me what, what happened. Well, at first, uh, my girlfriend and I went out for a, a sort of walk and to find somewhere to eat and drink. Ollie, yeah. just quickly, I think it's worth saying one thing that was spoken about quite a lot yesterday and is worth people knowing is that there, there was an element of the idea of going out for you that was causing yes. quite a lot of panic. Um, yes. Uh, how did that unfold? Well, I... Take us from the beginning and now I genuinely will shut from... up. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. So ye yesterday I, I woke up kind of feeling in on high alert panicky mode because um i knew that for the first time in in almost three months i'd be going out and doing things that i hadn't done for ages and everything i've read and listened to and seen for the last few months has been all about staying away from other people and protecting yourself and isolating protecting others etc so it felt like i was committing a crime even though it was allowed um, and also, I was aware that, uh, you know, my girlfriend's obviously looking forward to, to going out and I didn't want to, I, again, I think I was being quite um, unfair on myself because I wouldn't like it if anyone I, any of my friends thought this way, but I felt guilty that I was feeling panicky about it because I didn't want to take anything away from from her but in the end i mean we went out in the afternoon we walked around and first thing to say is that actually it was dead there was no one out um, no way yeah which surprised me but i have to remind myself it was still a monday uh people did have work <laughs> like um but like there weren't that many places open because a lot of restaurants don't even have seating outside or if they do, they've only got a couple tables and it just doesn't make sense for them to like financially to open when they can only they have uh, a certain fraction of the 
capacity that they would normally have. So we we walked around for a while and there were a few little places open. And to be honest, I, I looked at them and it really made me feel very sad. It was just, I don't know, just a couple tables with people sitting there, almost like they were forcing themselves to because it was because it was available but then we did find a spot that was a bit more in the sun and there was a bit more of a vibe people around and we sat there and had some food and I had a a couple of beers and that was very nice and normal then my girlfriend had to go to work and I was bolstered by this by the sun and the first two beers so I thought I'll stay up for a while it's the first day uh, take advantage. Um, I love this. And, <laughs> I mean, you can imagine it. I I assume because I think I think you know that that sort of first couple pints euphoria, especially if the sun's shining. And mate, and especially if you've been in the same four walls for three I months. Know. I could be in the middle of a blizzard and <laughs> happily sit outside with the tablecloth whipping around me and. <laughs> Ice in your bev. Um, yeah. Well, at first, that was also quite enjoyable because I didn't sit and, and drink more immediately. I I walked around a lot and I walked to parts of the city I haven't been able to go to in months. And, and it was kind of weird, a bit kind of eerie, but I it felt good to be able to, to get my step count up and get out of the one kilometer radius of my flat that I've been stuck in and then I thought okay I'm gonna sit down and have another drink somewhere and by that point I had already started to feel like uh maybe a sense of anticlimax and I kind of I think I had uh pinned a lot of hope on lockdown easing and then everything would be fine basically um but Obviously, everything wasn't really fine before lockdown, and the world is still not the same, uh, and it won't be for a long time, but... Oh, Ollie. Sorry, I'm sorry. I know this is a very negative, but I, I have no, to be no, honest. No, but it just doesn't bode well for the rest of us. I know. Well, this is just my my experience, and... No, no, it's good. And actually, now that you say it, it makes complete sense that that is how it would feel. It's very naive of us to think that it would be like, yeah, lockdown's lifted, celebrate, <laughs> you know. It's, and that was that's how me and you were talking. Well, and, the, and the first few weeks, it was, you know, what are the parties after this? But, da, 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 but, part of the thing is is that i was on my i don't have any friends here and my girlfriend was at work and and i think i actually texted you saying i was sitting at a bar and there was a, the table next to me where like a group of friends clearly reuniting after oh. months and they were having the time of their lives so this is just oh. my experience and so i guess i did feel quite lonely at that point and I was just being very harsh on myself, having very negative thoughts about myself. I think because I had tricked myself into thinking that my life was going to be fantastic as soon as yes. I could go out. And I felt stupid for thinking that. And and next thing you know, I'm, I don't, I don't know, I had some more beers and I found myself at this spot where they were like doing 
beers in plastic cups out of a little hatch and it so it felt like a <laughs> festival or or Hartem days if you remember you know when it, a sunny day in Hartford people would oh. go down to Hartem common and there'd be groups sitting around and it was that except i was on my own everyone looked annoyingly thin and i felt oh. old and stupid and and i felt pathetic for being there sitting alone on a street corner i had bought three oh, of these plastic cups of beer oh, and you're tearing me up i can't i can't <laughs> handle this story it's like an advert to donate <laughs> but, just one pound a month well yeah and yes and i it was just not in a good no. state of mind um but I went home to my girlfriend and my cat, and they they both comforted me. Um, so I'm very I'm lucky in in that way. Um, yes. Just quickly, a thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fairly sure you can still order products from Spain to the UK. Like if you were ordering something on, say, Amazon, it might have to come from Spain. Uh, so yeah. is there a world where we put you would you be comfortable to fly in the hold of a plane in a box if we pretend you're a, a product <laughs> that i'm ordering to my flat well and where we can we do it properly together the 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 thing about that is i don't know if you know this uh quite claustrophobic anxious person oh yes um, i struggle sitting oh. on on the the seat of a plane let alone in a box in the hold in the hold um, yes no i get the, sorry that was a uh, very foolish of me to, to suggest because outside of those yeah that would be that would make know, a lot of sense yeah, I, I'm, oh, I would... I'm I'm very confused yeah. about the the kind of travel the flight situation because I think technically I could I could get a flight but I would then have to quarantine for two weeks and also yeah traveling would be a, a stress of its own but yeah um yeah I mean I certainly miss you and all my friends and my family but yeah I, kind of like you said I I wonder how much of this is related to lockdown and how much is is residual or uh, is mm. is um it's kind of being magnified by the situation maybe um but well, i'm sorry to hear that you, your pints last night weren't celebratory you know. yeah it's it, it but this is what i worry about for so many people is that actually at the end of this and not that there should be an award that you get given <laughs> but it's going to feel very unsatisfying going back to the world i know that the whole point of the lockdown is to help the vulnerable and those at risk and i that's you know, that's the reward yes that is the reward but i think for those that like yourself haven't seen friends in three months and for those that have lost work lost jobs that it's going to be a very the lockdown being lifted i don't know i, I think it might be a bit of an anticlimax. but then that sounds weird for me to suggest that it should be a but uh, I don't know. I know. I mean, I know exactly what you mean. I think a lot of people, and like I said, if you are 
lockdown ends and you are then able to see your fr- family and friends, then of course people are going to kind of have a euphoric experience, I imagine. Yes. Um, uh, so maybe I shouldn't really be thinking about lockdown as having ended in the sense that, I, you know, I still can't see, I still can't necessarily travel unless I get in the box in the hold. Um, I think, to be honest, I have no idea. I've just sort of not bothered looking up if I could travel because the truth is even if I could I probably wouldn't at this point uh, yes because... so that's so that that leads me on again today I've had another conversation that was with um Joel who I write with who was just very tentatively asking you know how do you feel about coming back to the studio not tomorrow but like just where's your head at with it and no matter which way I cut it I just think I can't say that's necessary travel. Like, I, d- I, don't, I don't think I would feel comfortable justifying it at the minute. Well, um, I think... Yeah. I, th- I think that you, obviously, you have to be comfortable to... You have to get yourself to a place where you feel like... The other thing is, going on public transport and stuff, like, it might, it might be... I don't want to speak for you, but it might be difficult to suddenly do all that after not having done it for a long time and um i think it's more i have a vague sense of well no it's just the guidelines at the moment are if you can't work from home go to work and the truth is i can Mm. and that i think with the kind of vague guidelines that have been put in place there's an awful lot of room for finger pointing in our country there's an awful lot of room for name and shame of you know is this you know and then it becomes this does that make sense I, so, I, i'm uh, kind you, of you you just don't feel like i, d- I don't feel like i no until somebody point. says you know go back to work mm-hmm. i i don't think i can yeah justify it um I, and all, and also uh i mean i don't know what the process is like but it's not like you're going to be able to go to the studio and suddenly whip out some smashy bangers uh i'm not trying to uh, take away oh, from God, your you skill you know what you're so you're so right and <laughs> do you know what's hilarious is that until you said that yeah i never thought i think in my head that i was going to walk in and, and be, be like, like what do you think of this guys <laughs> Just a small town girl. <laughs> and if I'd be like, oh my God. <laughs> well, I just mean that like, yeah, just because you are able to go back to the studio doesn't mean you're suddenly going to be in the best place or you're suddenly, no. the creative juices will be back to, back on top. Yeah. Um, but Ollie, this, and I have, We'll say it again and again and again, and I felt it yesterday, and I'm feeling it now. It just feels so good to be able to sit and talk to you. Mm-hmm. And I think that I've I had I was talking to somebody recently about this show, like a friend of mine, and um, it dawned on me as I was talking to them about it that actually, it, when there are weeks where you know, we don't talk about where we've been at in the week and where our mental health we feel is at or any of these things it's still brilliant just to just to sit and talk to a friend mm-hmm. regardless it doesn't need to be you know only in Extremes. times of panic and yeah yeah it's uh it's just fucking wicked and who invented the telephone um i want to say alexander graham bell well i oh, you I'm applaud gonna him st- 
I really applaud him and I think what an amazing thing to have achieved and he's one of my <laughs> one of your inspirations. <laughs> he's one of my inventor inspirations. So well, thank you. Um I don't know if you What did you say, Alexander Lewin Bell? Uh, Alexander Graham Bell, I might be wrong though. I know he's a Scottish it's a Scottish guy because uh, I proudly uh, uh, my Scottish heritage means that I proudly cite all Scottish influential people. Yes, Alexander Graham Bell. Oh, Scottish-born American inventor. Never mind. Who's that um, interior designer on daytime TV that's called something Lewin Bell? Well, I'm not actually saying Lewin Bell. I haven't said it from the start, but I think you're talking. <laughs> I think you're talking about Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen or something. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. No, he didn't invent the telephone, if that's what you're thinking. Okay. Well, Graham Bell is wicked. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be thrilled. Um, <laughs> I mean, do you have any inventions that you want to share? Uh, yesterday, you kind of... You did say that um, it had not been the most productive week in terms of your, your inventions. Um no, I said yes. The only one that I think is worth sharing even slightly is just the idea of, you know, heelys for your feet, the kind of shoe, novelty shoes that have a wheel in them. Yeah. Um, it's just, essentially, it's just them. Um, but you, when you buy them, you get a set of gloves that have them as well, so that if you want, you can go on all fours on wheels. But... <laughs> I do think you know, it's interesting I, I, that you... You've got enough faith in that idea to to bring it back up on a re-record um, because <laughs> perish the thought that the public wouldn't hear about your well, hand healies. Yeah, I think that there, look, I'm just, there might be something in it. I don't know. Um, I, I'd be interested to know what your aims are as an inventor. Like uh, um, a lot of people invent to 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 improve certain problems make things easier or entertain people what is it you what's your primary objective because um i just think change the world okay quite a humble guy then <laughs> yeah do you want to be um alexander lewin bell's uh 21st century equivalent get your head around this i heard a story about a young man that um, he had two idols in life. My Isabel. And he, his two idols were Steve Jobs uh-huh. and Michael Fassbender. Right. The actor. Now, imagine uh, yeah, Michael Fassbender got cast to play Steve Jobs. Uh-huh. And this young man, I think his whole world just <laughs> it exploded around him. And for what I heard, he moved to Portugal and... He's just been trying to come down from the high of that news. And I don't even... What I heard was he didn't even manage to get to see the film. <laughs> He's, he still hasn't seen the film. <laughs> so, where, where did you hear about this? I mean, was this on the news? Um, is this a, a friend of yours? Um, because it's not that... Like, I mean, in a way, it's a crazy story, but it's not really that crazy. Firstly... His reaction to it, I suppose, is is quite um, noteworthy. To move to Portugal, not sure why Portugal um, specifically, but I don't really. I think see just peace and quiet. From what? And also, <laughs> why 
why is Portugal such a peaceful and quiet place all of a sudden? I mean, it's a... I know, it's a mad story, and he still hasn't seen it. But I just stories like that just make me smile, because you couldn't make them up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, is, that is true. Um, and I'm oh. sure that's what this young man thought when he, when uh, when he saw the news that Fassbender was going to play Steve Jobs. His jaw drops. Oh, you couldn't make this up <laughs> <laughs> because those are my incredible turn of events. <laughs> oh. Well, um, oh. I hope he manages to see the film uh, at some point. Um, oh uh, God, that's tickled me. See, Ollie, I needed this. I needed just to get on the phone and talk it through. And I imagine I'm still going to be in a funk tomorrow, but it's, it's, it's not all bad. You've always and, got, um, you've always got a pair of, uh, non-judgmental, uh, supportive ears to, uh, yes. whisper into if, if you need. And, I should say that I feel the exact same way. And I, my, if we did a quick hashtag vibe check, uh, my vibe is up massively compared to at the beginning of this recording where I was hurriedly taking off my trousers because it's so hot in this room and thinking, <laughs> okay, time to podcast. Every time, I don't know. Again. <laughs> I, well, I don't know if you feel this, but every time when we're about to record, I get worried that I don't have enough to say. And then quite quickly, I realize like, oh no, you love us, sound your own voice. You could talk at length about any old shit such as. Yeah. Steve Jobs and fucking Michael Fassman. <laughs> I tell you what, as well though, just the thing for anybody listening, I don't know that you could. They might be able to find some comfort in this if they find themselves in a flat place and feeling uncertain, unsure, and uninspired by everything going on. Every single one of my friends and family that I'm speaking to in this time are saying very, very similar things, mm-hmm. and I. None of us in this situation are alone. And Absolutely. although our experiences are unique and will change from person to person, there is something that we're all experiencing that we can all uh, understand in one another. So, yes. brothers and sisters of Canada, you are not alone. And I would just go a little bit further, reach out my arms and welcome brothers and sisters from all around the world, uh, not just <laughs> Canada. Um, I feel like I ruined that then. I was, I really, no, I was sincerely. Was... George, yeah. that's what we want. We want the mix of sincere with a, that cheeky winning smile. Um, yeah, okay, okay. Um, just quickly before we, it's probably about time to beckon beckon the messenger boy. Um, yeah. But before that, I just wanted to say, and this is kind of in response to, we had a few emails from people who didn't didn't want their emails to be read, but just wanted to express something and, and talk about the phenomena that I discussed of, of kind of doing this nightly ritual where I had to think positive things about my loved ones. And, and I mm. believed that if I didn't do that, then something bad would happen. And this may not be news to anyone else, but I have actually found the phrase, the the language ah. uh, for that, which for me was a huge... I mean, we've talked about this before, but 
having vocabulary to describe strange, untangible things is really helpful for me. It makes it feel more legit or, or real. And, yes. And it also makes it easier to Google, like, you know, uh, and find out about it and see what, what people say about it. And so, and it's got quite a cool name, in my opinion, even though it n- can be a very unpleasant thing. But it's called Magical Thinking. Ah, good name, huh? I like that name. That is not what I was expecting you to say whatsoever. I, I, I was also not uh, anticipating that, but um, it's apparently very common for people with OCD and anxiety. And uh, just to give a kind of textbook definition, magical thinking refers to the idea that you can influence the outcome of events by doing or thinking something that has no bearing on the circumstances. So it's it's like the same thing that makes people knock on wood and uh, yes, uh, not avoid walking on cracks. But also for me, I found myself doing these rituals in my head. So they're like mental yes. rituals. And we've talked a bit before about sort of good thoughts versus bad thoughts. And this is apparently a very common thing. You think a bad thing. And so you have to think a good thing to counteract the bad vibes yes um I, I we had a mutual friend ollie growing up and when they were quite young they were told that that what they were experiencing was an obsessive compulsive disorder mm. and one of the things that they were told by their doctor was just that i found very interesting is unfortunately people can do good and bad things and it doesn't affect the outcome of their life so Mm. if that makes sense and it's the same with your thoughts is what they were told is it's kind of you can think whatever it's not going to change the effect of it doesn't have an actual what happens yes yeah and uh, again i (laughs) i would claim that i'm not a superstitious person but it seems that my tendency to do these things and to get distressed if i can't do them or if getting caught up in a cycle of those thoughts, even though I know it's not rational, I still kind of give this some power over me. And a lot of the emailers have have said the same. And maybe having that term, magical thinking, will help you to do some more investigating if you out there, anyone out there. Yeah, amazing. And... um, or you could even mention that phrase to a therapist if you're seeing one or, or whatever. It might might open some doors. Do you know what? I, do you want to hear something quite depressing? Go on. <laughs> what a question. Uh, <laughs> I, I, just in the course of this conversation, have remembered what c- could potentially be, and this is so textbook, like uh, mummy, daddy issues, but what could potentially be the source of this for me is that I used to always have these dreams about my uh, parents splitting up and when I was a child. And I thought mm. that by having those dreams, I was making it happen. And then they did. Oh, no. And I think that in some way that has maybe... I mean, I don't know. Maybe, Manifested. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. That's just a, just an idea. Uh, and if uh, any of my parents are listening, love you. you don't worry. You didn't do this to me. <laughs> this is not your fault. That's fascinating, though. And I think very common that children blame themselves for things very much out of their power. Yes. And, Ollie, and- one thing I've just thought is, should we save, because we had two amazing emails yes, yesterday, yesterday that won't be used. 
But sh because we've been recording for an hour now and we've got the key worker interview at the end of this. And so shall we save emails for next week's episode and skip them for this week's? I am absolutely willing to do that uh the messenger boy is looking a little bit pissed deflated. off he's just run <laughs> he's just yeah, run for he's miles he's got a huge sack on his back he's like for fuck's sake you couldn't have decided this an hour ago <laughs> yeah, yeah. um but so oh. if if you've emailed in we uh you know we will get to it and if you want to get in touch george how would they do that uh please do get in touch we urge you to get in touch yes. we love it when you get in touch and the best way to do that is to email us contact at phoneafriendpodcast.com yep the uh, email for the only way to contact us is contact at phoneafriendpodcast.com please yeah. get in touch um and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, share it with your friends and look after yourselves, guys, yeah? Please do. Look after yourselves and one another and thank you for enjoying what was an emergency podcast episode. Mm. Um, do you feel like you have broken some emergency glass for, uh, for a, a quick dose yeah. of good vibes? Yeah, slash... man. And I feel as if you know, I think if you listen to the first five minutes and then skip to the last fifty <laughs> minutes, there's probably a very there's probably a difference in both of our tones. Yeah, I think um, I think we took a fat drag on a bong or something because we're so oh, chilled. Okay, now. brilliant. Okay, brilliant. <laughs> okay. Um, All right, Ollie. Yes. Well, so we've got another interview with a key worker coming up next. But George, I shall speak to you next week, unless I get another text in a few hours. Saying, <laughs> can yeah. we re-record? Re <laughs> yeah. I promise I won't do that. All right, ma'am. I'll speak to you later. Bye bye. I'm good, thank you. Do you know how to turn your um, camera on? What am I to do? Start video? Yes, start video. Start there video. you go. <laughs> Hello, Gosh, this... we're here now, so don't worry. And look, we're matching. I, I know, isn't that nice? Isn't it? And you know, I, I, okay. the computer doesn't um, have even Google Chrome. We've okay. got all the specific things for work, and it's um, it's a little bit, it's yeah. Okay. <laughs> Around five o'clock, um, I'm going to, well, before then, I'm going to have to say goodbye, Elaine, because I've got to go and talk to somebody else, but we've got this Lovely. time now. Um, right, okay. Thank I'll you so really much fast. for doing this. No, don't talk really fast. <laughs> Take your time and relax. Um, how are you? I'm good. I am really good. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's like it's a lovely day here. I stay in um, near Oban, Argyll, mm -hmm. uh, so that's really um, rural. So we're about a hundred miles north of Glasgow. So it's kind of it's called the gateway to the islands. It's where you get the ferry to Mull and Iona and Conkons. Yeah, touristically. I did. Um, I, I got the train up to Glasgow once, and then the train to is it Malague? I always think I'm Malague. saying. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. Malay, that's, yeah. It's beautiful. The train. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. really lovely. Yeah, it um, splits into two. One goes to Oban and the other bit goes to Malig. Yeah, and I was I was terrified that I was going to be on the wrong bit of the train. I was by myself <laughs> in my rucksack, <laughs> you know, hoping. Um, so what we're doing uh, is right. just um, we're going to start a new part of the show, the podcast, where we're talking to key workers at the end um, yeah. and people that have sent emails in to the show. Um, why did I do that? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's good, it's good. And so can you... You I I am not an email writer person. I have never done that before. I was just kind of motivated to do it. Yeah, why not? Why not? Um, Could you, Elaine, um, let us know what it is that you do, your work, because it sounds very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I'm part of the Child and Adolescent Mental Health team. So that is generally referred to as CAMS. Um, And my job is a primary mental health worker. So people doing that job have some different backgrounds, some, uh, you know, elsewhere. But my background is a nurse. So I, I used to work in the Children's Hospital in Glasgow for a number of years and then um, moved up here about 20 years ago and um, done school nursing for quite a long time and was you know I was increasingly spending my time working with teenagers so um, I've been doing this job within the CAMS team for about four years and it's we would refer to it as tier two in mental health service so tier one for young people in CAMS would be anyone that might come across a young person with a mental health problem. So that might be a GP, um, a teacher, a school nurse, psychologist, educational psychologist, anybody that might come across them but not be spending all of their time doing a mental health work. Um, and tier two, where I sit, is dealing with young people with mild to moderate mental health problems. So hopefully acting as an early intervention to perhaps prevent escalation to tier three. But, you know, what a lot of people would um, require, just sort of strategies to manage. Um, They're not going to develop um, long-term enduring mental health problems. That would be further up. Uh, That would be tier three or four, and that's where the psychiatrist and the psychologist and the CBT therapist would sit in that kind of tier. So and just, so, just so age, I can age groups five to eighteen. Five to eighteen. Okay. And so do you do you do school visits or is it a combination of home visits and school visits? It's mostly within the school environment. So um a couple of days a week I would um be based in the high school here. Um, I also travel to um Mull or the islands as required. I usually go to Mull fortnightly. So that's nice. It's about 45 minute ferry ride away. Quite nice. Um, and some young people opt not to be seen within school, um, really sort of stigma related. Mm-hmm. And they would be seen in the GP surgery or somewhere else. Try not to do home visits just to make it a bit more of a therapeutic um, environment, but have done them for young people that are maybe school refusers that um, just find it really difficult to go into any kind of environment like that that's challenging. Yeah, which is really understandable, you know, it's very... How does it take you a while when you're meeting a new child, 
does it take you a while to kind of gauge where it is they're at and what it is you need to be for this person does it differ you know massively from case to case yeah absolutely yeah absolutely some young people it's mostly teenagers i see so although that's the age range it's mostly young people probably within the sort of 15 to 17 remit um yeah absolutely some people will come in and just tell you know you can have that rapport straight away and they're up for engaging straight away and obviously other young people um, you know, it's really difficult to come in and tell someone things that are troubling you or to yes. even know the right words to be saying. And so, yeah, it can take a little while to establish that um, kind of, you know, what, what we would say a good therapeutic relationship where they're trusting you enough to be confiding and you're kind of getting the measure of one another. And they're, you know, they're a lot of young people maybe at first are a little bit worried about confidentiality are you really not going to tell their parents are you really not going to tell the teacher that kind of thing yeah, and how, yeah. you know if, if if a lot of your work is done in the schools um what does it look like now that a lot of children aren't going to schools and what, what does yeah. that look like yeah so this is obviously completely um completely new working environment for us now so we're now working from home myself and colleagues and the contacts we ca we have at the moment is either phone calls email or there is a service set up a little bit like this and maybe yeah. just as complicated <laughs> 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 although they say it's easy they say yeah. <laughs> we're kind of getting taught in it it's called near me and it's the same kind of idea you know the young person can um, come in from home and the parents could be there if there were parents are involved they mostly aren't with the age group that I see, but, um, you know, it, it gives a kind of clinic type mm -hmm. environment, you know, but within the person's home. So you've got that face to face, which is really difficult not having that and yeah. um, really miss not seeing them. Really miss yeah. my little crew. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's something that I often think about with psychiatric nurses and therapists and is it's a it's a lot to take on other people's burdens and to share that with them. Do you, over the years, have you found ways in unwinding at the end of the day? Is there things that you do to help yourself amidst helping everybody else? Yeah, I think, I, I think you know, absolutely um, self-care for, for us all the time. You know, we're hearing more about it now because of the, you know, the present situation, but self-care for, for um people that are working with with others is just absolutely vital you know it's it's not a luxury it's something we've got to be doing and and we do kind of refer to um you know you can't pour for an empty cup look after yourself it's not an indulgence it's absolutely necessary for you to be in a good place in order that you can support other people around, around about you in order that you can completely give of yourself to them you can't be having a lot of um your own i think um as a service and individuals working in, in, within CAMS and within mental health, it's something that's given quite high priority. Yeah. Brilliant. That's really good to hear. And, yeah. and just, how are you, there's obviously, I don't want to belittle how uh, kind of tough and challenging it must be, especially with young minds and trying to help you and them make sense of what it is they're going through. But is it something yeah. that you find rewarding? You know, is it, is there, yeah. 
do you find yeah. that with the work absolutely absolutely it's you know i absolutely love my job and i love working with young people and um yeah you get you get a lot out of it and yeah yes it can be challenging because we can't fix everything and that's you know that's difficult and we can't change um people environments that that they're in and some people have really difficult environments and you know i'm a mum i'm a granny um you know you think oh why do some people get a rough deal you know and uh, so we can't change everything but we can hopefully um support the young person and give them strategies that are going to help them just now and that are going to help them later on as well so that's where you know i suppose our job satisfaction kind of comes from yeah, yeah no, I, I absolutely have... love it absolutely. yeah amazing and that just uh, you know i'm sorry that this has to be so short because I could sit and talk about these things for so long but I just well before... I would sit and talk to you for a long time yeah, <laughs> yeah. but just thank you for you know con contacting you know and emailing into the show because we appreciate that a lot but I think yeah. you know for all of your work and especially with everything going on just thank you from myself and all of the listeners I'm sure it will be come from yeah, them as well lovely. but you know thank you thank you thank you and and you know I absolutely for the older ones um I tell them to listen in yeah, <laughs> because yeah, yeah. I absolutely recommend it because it's such it's, it's so lovely to hear people talking about real you know, this is real, this is going on. It doesn't define who you are as a person and um, who Ollie is. It's just a little part of something that you're managing and, and it's really, really admirable thing to do. Absolutely love it. Thank you, Elaine. And, you know, hopefully see you soon. Thank you very much for your emailing and for your time and have a lovely evening and a good week. Yeah, you're very welcome. And you too. Bye-bye. Thank you, Elaine. See you later. Bye-bye. Can, can I take a photo, George, to show my daughter? Of course you can, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel a little bit like shouldn't do that because, um, yeah, we are um, kind of fans. I've been to Transmit. Yeah. Oh, no way. Transmit yeah, is the best. I love it. Transmit Barland in the Hydro last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm really sorry that was short because what I was going to talk about was self-soothe and I had all my self-soothe stuff out there. But, but this is brilliant, though. Honestly, it's, you know, it really... It Gosh, just, I thought that was kind of rubbish. I thought we hadn't started yet. <laughs> no, no, no. Honestly, it was brilliant. It really is. Because it just... Yeah, yeah, take a photo. Yeah. Right, okay. I'm kind of rubbish at this as well, but there we are. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. Um, but, you know, really, um, really enjoyed speaking to you and wonder why I was nervous all day because I was only warming up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, sorry about that delay. No, don't be silly. Okay. okay. Yeah, Thank I, you, Elaine. And see you at the show soon. You <laughs> will. I'll be there. I'll be right down the front because that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Bye see bye. you later. Bye bye.